Hello and welcome to this talk from Hersham Baptist Church. My name is Heather and it's great to be with you this morning. You can also hear these talks every week in person at our church on Arch Road in Hersham. We're back open for Sunday worship services at 10.30am every week and you are very, very welcome to join us. So, this week we are continuing our series looking at God's 10 rules for life, or you might know them as the 10 commandments. We believe that these rules are God's good rules for us. He gave them to us because they encapsulate how he wants us to live in order that we may flourish and live according to the purpose he created us for. And over the past few weeks, we have been looking at the first four of those rules. So firstly, you shall have no other gods before me. Is God number one in your life? Secondly, you shall not worship idols. Do we worship God for who he really is or do we make him into something less than that? Thirdly, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. God's name is unique and special. His name speaks to who he is and his character. When we speak about God and when we live out our lives, do we do so in a way that recognises this? And fourth, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Have we learnt to rest in the finished work of Jesus on the cross? Are we regularly setting aside time to rest from our work and to gather together with other Christians to rejoice in who God is and what he has done for us? And then today, we come to the fifth commandment, and it's this that we find in Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. Honour your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And before we begin to explore this, I want to give you a lunchtime summary of today's talk, and it's this. To live well, we must show honour where honour is due. To live well, we must show honour where honour is due. When Phil introduced this series a few weeks ago, he referred to Jesus' words in Matthew chapter 22 and verses 37 to 40 when he answered the question about which is the greatest commandment. And this is what Jesus says. He says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And if it is the first commandment that is the foundation upon which we are to love God with all our heart and soul and mind, with the second, third and fourth commandments following on from it, then we could say that the fifth commandment can be said to be the foundation upon which we are to learn to love our neighbour as ourself. The remainder of the commandments also deal with our relationships with other people, but they all stem from this, that we honour our father and our mother. So, 
first of all, who are our father and our mother? Well, in the first instance, of course, there are our biological parents or those who took care of us when we were growing up. The parental relationship is the first relationship that we experience, and it is the one that shapes all of the others. In this relationship, we learn what it is to have someone in authority over us. We learn to listen. We learn to do things that we might not want to do. We learn to trust that our parents know better. And we learn what it is to be loved. To give a trivial example of this, if my daughter had her own way, she would probably choose to eat only a combination of ice cream, chocolate, bread and crisps all day long. Now, if she did that, then she would become very unhealthy very quickly. And in the long run, she would be miserable. And as her mother, and because I love her and want to take care of her and teach her how to live well in a way that ensures she is healthy, I encourage her to have a balanced diet. And I say, she cannot eat only these things. And whilst my daughter might sometimes argue with me about this, ultimately, she listens And she is learning to trust that I have her best interests at heart. Now, this might sound like a really small thing, but if a child doesn't learn to honour their parents, to understand boundaries and to respect them when they are young, then they will have big problems when they're grown up. Augustine said, if anyone fails to honour his parents, is there anyone he will spare? That might sound harsh, but I think perhaps we can all see that it's true, isn't it? If we don't learn to honour those whom God has put in place over us to care for us, then how will we ever honour our bosses when we go to work or the government who set the laws of the land when we are grown? The parental relationship is also where children learn that there are authority structures in the world. That's how God has created the world to be. And here we begin to see that the fifth commandment goes beyond simply the relationship we have with our biological parents, but extends to all other relationships where authority is being exercised over us. Now, the Israelites, hearing the Ten Commandments for the first time, would have understood this perhaps far better than we can now. In ancient Israel, society was structured uh, very differently, with a focus very much being around extended families. The tribes were extended family groups with elder figures. Families worked together in common trades. So your father would likely have been your boss. And the local government may well have also been made up of people from your own family. So your father would likely have exercised authority over you in multiple roles. Honouring your father and your mother in ancient Israel, therefore, was more than just respecting mum and dad in the home. But it extended to submitting to authority in the workplace and as a member of society. There will always be others who have a say over our lives, because that's how God has ordered creation. And the family is God's place to learn this. 
That has perhaps never been clearer than at the moment in the midst of the current pandemic. I might not particularly like the fact that the government is currently wielding a huge amount of authority over my life, telling me where I can, can and cannot go and who I can and cannot meet with. But whether I like it or not, they are God's chosen authority over the country I live in and struct, scripture instructs me to obey them. If we look at Romans chapter 13 and verses 1 to 2, Paul says this, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment upon themselves. These are pretty strong words from Paul. What he's saying is that if I rebel against the government, then I'm really rebelling against God because he has put them to be in charge of this country. Now, there are obviously some limits to this, and we're going to look at some of those in a moment. But let's turn to to answer the question of why. Why should we honour authority figures? Well, the simple answer is because God says so and because Jesus did so. God has ordered his creation in this way with parents, first of all, having authority over children and then employers over employees and governments over nations. And we need to respect that. Otherwise, ultimately, as we saw in the passage in Romans, we're not respecting God. Ephesians 6 and verse 1 says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. In other words, what Paul is saying here is that obeying our parents is actually part of our devotion to Jesus. It flows out of our relationship with him. Even Jesus obeyed his own parents and he was perfect and they were not. Luke chapter 2, verse 51 says, Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. We must be careful not to think ourselves better than our parents. This is so easy to do in a Western society that tends to dismiss the views of the older generation as out of date or irrelevant. And Jesus also reiterates the importance of the fifth commandment in Mark chapter 7, when he criticises the Pharisees for, for setting the commandment aside in order to satisfy their own traditions by declaring that what might have been used to help their father and their mother was korban or devoted to God. Respecting our parents matters. And we need to be careful to respect elder figures more broadly as well. Perhaps there's no better place to start with that than in the church, where we are blessed to be able to meet together as multiple generations, learning from one another's wisdom and experience. In 1 Peter 5, verse 5, Peter says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you clothe yourself with humility towards one another, because God opposes the proud 
but shows favour to the humble. Let's be careful to honour those older members amongst us and look to learn from them and all they have experienced in life. Secondly, then, we should honour our parents because this commandment is the only one, in fact, that comes with a promise. And Paul expands upon this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verses 2 to 3. He says, Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. This promise isn't just about living for a long time, but it's about having abundant life. If you want to enjoy life to the full with all the blessings that God has for you, then you need to honour your father and your mother If you fail to honour your father and your mother, then ultimately you're failing to honour God. Experts in the field of social sciences all acknowledge that the best predictor for health as an adult, for making it through school, staying out of jail or holding down a job, is a child's home situation. Did your mother and father love you? Were they present for you? Did they set appropriate boundaries for you? And then did you listen to them and follow the rules that they set out for you? Children need parents to love and encourage them and to set boundaries and guard them from their own negative impulses. When we think about this, it makes complete sense. If we can learn to respect those who have authority over us when we are young and at home, then we will learn to listen to our teachers when we go to school. We'll learn to respect our boss when we go to work. We'll learn to be law-abiding members of society. In other words, we will prosper in the land that God has given us. And we will enjoy life. God is so wise because he knows exactly what we need. And we need to listen to him. And thirdly, we should honour those in authority over us because if we can't honour those who we can see and recognise as being in positions of authority, how will we ever honour God who is unseen? In 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, John says this, Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. So practically then, what does it mean to honour our father and our mother? Well, the first thing is obedience. If I read the whole of that passage from Ephesians 6 that we've been dipping in and out of, verses 1 to 9 say this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favour when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, 
because you know that the Lord will reward each one of you for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours in heaven, and there is no favoritism with him. So let's just talk about a few things that come out of this passage. Firstly, we should listen to the training and instruction we receive from our parents. And if we ourselves, our parents, we should make sure that we give it. If you, like me, have young children at home, what are we teaching them about God? Are we talking to them about God's commandments and about Jesus' teaching? And then as employees, we should be working for our employers as if we were serving God himself. And not only when they are looking at us. I find the Bible so incredibly spot on. It's like God knows how tempted we might be to put on a good show in a meeting with the boss and then skulk off to the kitchen and have a good old moan and gossip with a colleague about what we've been asked to do. Our our boss might not ever get to see or hear of that conversation, but God sees and hears everything. And secondly, honouring those in authority means showing gratitude. The life of a parent in particular is one of constant sacrifice, which any of you who are parents will know. Be grateful. Say thank you. I certainly know that I look back on my own childhood now that I myself am a mother and realise how much my parents have done for me. I have a new appreciation for everything they gave up for me, for the time and the love and attention they showed me. And I realise how I need to be more thankful. And this extends to all other authority relationships too. When was the last time you thanked your boss for helping you on a project? or the local councillor for sorting out that pothole in the road. Practising thankfulness can make a huge difference, not just to those who we thank, but to us as well. It changes our perspective and it ministers to our hearts. So finally then, are there any limits that we should place on this uh, command to honour our parents and those in authority over us? Well, yes, absolutely, because any position of authority is open to being abused. And if it's a choice between obeying God and obeying others, then scripture tells us that we should obey God. And it's essential here that we highlight that honouring your father and your mother doesn't mean suffering silently in an abusive relationship. If there is abuse going on in the family home or indeed in any other relationship in your life, it is important to get help to speak out because it's not okay and it's not what God wants for your life and from that relationship. Further, as Christians, we, and at work and as members of society, we should be those who are willing to stand up and speak out against injustice or oppression when we see it. Proverbs 31, verse 8 to 10, instructs us to Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and the needy. 
God cares passionately about injustice. And so honouring those in authority doesn't mean that we should stand by whilst we or others suffer injustice. In fact, Christians have been at the forefront of so many changes when God stirred them about the injustice they could see around them. William Wilberforce fighting for the abolition of the slave trade, Martin Luther King Jr. speaking out in favour of the black civil rights movement in America, Elizabeth Fry campaigning for prison reform, Joseph Roundtree's housing reforms and many, many more. It is good to speak out when we see oppression in the home, at the workplace or in society in general. And then another limit on the rule is within the parental relationship itself. Parents shouldn't expect the same kind of obedience from their grown children as from those living under their care as children. In Matthew 19, verse 4, Jesus makes it clear that a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. A new family unit has been formed, and they must be free to live as such. This is one to watch out for for those of you who have grown children. We need to make sure that we allow our children to make their own choices. And for those of us who are grown but have uh, living older parents, we need to make sure we don't use this as an excuse to stop honouring our parents. It just changes the dynamic of that relationship. But above all, we are to pray for those in authority. This is the command in 1 Timothy verse, chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. It isn't easy being a parent or an employer or a prime minister. We need to pray for those in these positions. We need to pray that God would give them grace and wisdom to govern well. And so just a few points of application before we finish. Firstly, say yes. Let's be those who practice prompt and cheerful obedience to those in authority over us. It's honouring and it will stop us falling into the moan-grumble cycle. I speak so much to myself here as to anybody else. Let's be those who say yes to our boss, yes to the new rules, yes to our parents if that's applicable to us. Secondly, practice gratitude. Say thank you. Gratitude matters. See how saying thank you this week blesses not only those who you thank, but blesses your own heart. Say, I'm sorry. We should be those who are quick to apologise when we get things wrong, when we don't initially listen to those who have asked us to do something and have a position of authority over us. Be humble, be quick to put things right. We will make mistakes because that is in our very nature. But we should be those who follow Jesus and is teaching and are quick to say sorry and receive forgiveness. And fourthly, say hello. This is a big one for engaging with older generations, especially our parents after we've left home. Be present. That's such a huge part of what it means to honour those above us. Keep in touch. It's such a small thing, but it can make such a huge difference in showing honour. So, 
What's God's fifth rule? To live well, we must give honour where honour is due. Stay tuned for communion.